0: It is November 28, 2018. Welcome into this edition of Washington Football Crunch. Uh Luke, um how how should Jackson feel about this past game? Alright, I've actually been been studying the Kirk Cousins.
1: You like that video so I can emulate it perfectly. I'm gonna back myself up a few feet from the microphone because I don't want to break people's ears <earphones. laughs> yeah, You know, I don't ears.
2: I don't I don't know if you've ever watched uh, how I Met Your Mother, but when they do the slap bets, yeah. this really this really feels like I'm <laughs> yeah. preparing myself for facing a slap bet right that's here. True. But well, the
1: slap bet is when you join the chat and I'm, my name is Kirk Cousins. Yeah,
2: because <laughs> that's the that, uh, yeah, way you see coming. Now you can brace for this. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. All
1: right, here we go. You like that? You like that? That's my wow. that best
2: one right there. That was wow. That was perfect. And. and I, I mean, I'm, I'm even as much as that hurts to have that be yelled at me. Yeah, <laughs> the the distance that you were from the mic really emulated him walking into the room. Yeah, sounded like you were in a hallway right there. Yeah, no, it really sounded like you're just you're just you weren't at, at the mic, but you were just walking past it and yelling. Yeah, that was, that was well, job well done. And the two biggest keys there, which hopefully I, I did okay,
1: are the first that is is a little more drawn out. And yeah. then he, and then he really <laughs> emphasizes the, the you in the second one. So it's
2: you like that in the second
0: one. The, for the, the
2: forensics that is going down for you like that. It Sounded I like Jackson
0: was uh, waiting behind a current, and then you, <laughs> Lee Browning, Gaston right behind you, and you're, you're, you got like the coach's hat on. And you, you, oh you, yeah. You you you, don't, you you look over Softy. You look over. Uh, well, obviously you would look over Softy, but, but you look directly. You know, no, none of the Kook fan guys. Just, just Jackson. That's the only. Yeah. Guy that you're looking at. At pointing
2: at. <laughs> yeah, uh, well it all deserved. doesn't matter because I'm dead inside anyways. Yeah, hey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Apple Cup game is a topic that's just been being the death the last few days. So we're just going to go over a few of the main points, and we've got other Washington football news to get into. This is what I want to start with, okay? There are so many people on the WSU side that feel ripped off by the Apple Cup weather, and this no. is something that should have been talked about more. I mean, it was going to be mid thirties; it was going to be raining. How do we not see this coming? You know, when you play football on the Palouse in late November, snow is going to happen. It's yeah. it, it, it's very likely. So okay, I, I but, don't feel but, bad at all for WSU. But let
2: okay let the let the record show. Let the record show that the only one who is complaining about the weather are petty fans, and, and yeah, not a yeah. single player. Let that be an excuse, including Mike Leach, who is notorious for coming out with excuses following Apple Cup losses. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys remember the whole like, oh, well, UW has such a recruiting advantage on us. Like that. I'm pretty sure that was last. That was either last year or the year before that. But that was. Yeah. I mean, that was about those excuses.
1: The funny thing about those excuses is they're all, to a certain extent, correctable. Oh, they're, no, like, they're, they're true. You know, it's true. No, it's like, true. Like, UW has a recruiting advantage, but then, like, recruit better. I mean, obviously, yeah. he, can't, he can't recruit better than Washington. Yeah. It's not possible. But And at the, at the same time, it's like... Is, is Eastern the, Washington going like, to come
0: out and say the same thing? Well, well WSU can recruit better than I was like, obviously, they can. It's yeah, well, yeah. not even worth mentioning. Yeah. Right. yeah. And then the, not, the other thing irrelevant. If, if you
1: remember in 2015, when he said, we've beaten better teams than Washington, then beat Washington. Like, yeah. I just, you know...
2: Yeah, I mean this, but the, I, I and, and I wrote a column about this. But this year he was very direct. He was very honest. He mm-hmm. he called Washington the top of the conference or the best team in the conference. Like mm-hmm. he was, he was brutally honest, and it was it was hard t- to listen to. But you know, at least I'm not ashamed anymore. Like there was a level we I could walk out of that with a level of respect yeah. and not look at my own team and just feel ashamed. So how sure, is, no. Which felt good.
0: How is late season weather conditions not something that's talked about in the off season? you think they would develop a game plan for situations just like we saw. I mean, it's easy to look good in September and October. Heck, I mean, the, the Rams and the Chiefs, they look great in October, whatever that was, early November. Yeah. But how is that going to look in January? Well, they the, obviously have a different game plan for a game like that. The thing is,
2: and why I just don't think it's that big of an... And particularly snow, and, and people who have, who have played in snow know this that it doesn't have as much it's not as wet it doesn't have as much of effect on catching footballs i mean it's still wet but it's it's not like it's really wet though yeah it's all it's all about footing so therefore whether you run the football or you throw the football more Everyone's at the same disadvantage. Yeah, honestly,
0: you could say that. You, WC was actually at an advantage on offense because it's easier to put your foot in the ground and run forward than it was for the UW defensive backs to kind of adjust to the routes that they were running. Yeah. Technically, I don't it's know. an advantage for the receivers, yeah. which would give the advantage yeah. to the I WC would, offense. I wouldn't
2: necessarily say that. I wouldn't necessarily say that. But I think I think Mike Leach made a very good point. It makes the game, in a sense, random. Like yeah, the, it makes in, it. Weird. In sensing like. One guy can slip and the other guy couldn't. You know, that's yeah. That could be the difference of an eighty-yard touchdown. Well, no, I'm not I, saying I was thinking, Gaskins' touchdown was no no slips or anything. Yeah. like that was just a well-executed play. I think. Play. Well, I, was I think to say that.
1: I think it almost like w- where the advantage would lie for Washington in a situation like that is like I feel like if you spread a team out, if you spread a defense out, there's I feel like there's more of an advantage because there's less room outside. You know, yeah. Like huh. the, Like the, the furthest. Like Jordan Miller and Byron Murphy are lined up like six yards from the sideline, you know, and then uh-huh. like the next inside guy, I don't know, like because they were in dime all game long. Elijah Molden or Miles Bryant, like if if someone goes down at any point in the defense, like everyone can kind of collapse in, you know. But like for example, Washington was lining up with three tight end sets. They'd have a fullback, and like I feel like if someone slips out on the edge then Miles or Savon yeah. can just get the edge and scamper for a first down or more.
2: Has Cade Otten usually been lining up at the fullback like that? They've done it before. I mean, they'll
1: okay. line up all of their tight ends at fullback at, okay. at some point. But yeah. like the, he li- like he played half of his snaps at least at fullback.
2: Yeah, yeah, I noticed that a lot. they had a fullback
1: lot. for like a third or more of their plays, it felt like. Yeah. I mean, they used like, they used like three packages for the second half. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, I mean, the one thing I will say that is, I was reading through the Koog fan boards. The one, the one thing that's like kind of unfortunate is like that would be like it's funny that that night was the snowstorm of the year. Oh yeah, you know? it was sunny. Like, it was sunny the next yeah, morning. Oh my gosh, yeah. it was beautiful the next morning. You know, yeah. it's just like okay, but you know, at the same time, I saw this thing someone posted. Um, like before, there was snow on the field. Like it was still wet, not sticky mm-hmm. snow. Um, the first three drives, if you'd say it's fair to consider those relatively solid conditions in terms of Mm -hmm. how the ground is in planting and stuff, Washington had 215 yards, been to the red zone on all three of their drives and scored twice. And the Cougars had 85 total yards, had been to the red zone one time and turned it over. Yeah. You know? So like, I think, I think from the outset, like, yeah, you know, I I don't want to get too much into it, but I think. It, I, I don't think it's necessarily correct to say that the snow had a huge impact on the outcome, <clears throat> um, but it does feel very random and maybe not be quite a reflection of how close or how far these teams are in terms of talent.
2: Yeah. I, I think just like thinking about it now, and obviously, you know, hindsight is 2020, but the writing was really on the wall that this was going to be the, 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 you know, the outcome of the game and, and not. Yes. Yes. It was the writing on the wall and a uh, historical you know outlook Mm -hmm. but i mean the entire week everyone was asking them like what's you know is there anything different in the game plan and and it's not like i don't i don't expect them to tell us what's different in the game plan but i do maybe perhaps expect like you know we're looking at some different things and it was very staunchly the answer from everyone was nope we're doing this yeah you know there's no change You know, schematically, this is a, this is kind of a philosophical. And that's a problem. Change. Like, here's what Jimmy yeah. Lake
0: said after the win: We know what type of offense we're playing. They do the same thing year in and year out. This is five years in a row now, so it makes it really easy to game plan when an offense does the same thing every single year. And this is not the first time he said this. This is a theme. This is, this is very, yeah. very common no, belief. Jimmy, J- Jimmy's
1: very outspoken about Washington State's offense, and I think like. He's taken it to a new level. But it it started the first mean comment he said about Washington State's offense was after the 2015 Apple Cup after Mike Leach had said that they'd beaten better teams than Washington. I think a couple days later he was on with Sophie Jimmy Lake that is and uh they asked him like it, uh Sophie asked him about that quote and he said something along the lines of like like sure they've beaten better teams but it's not difficult for a physical defense like ours to go out and beat a basketball team on turf, <laughs> you know yeah like so then and that's where it started you know and i think from there they've just okay i have
2: a i have almost a, a conspiracy theory as for why jimmy lake is so unfond of mike leach and okay, hear me I'd out love on to this. Hear it. i don't i don't know if there's any truth to this but a friend of mine brought this up and and i thought there's you know there's some correlations here so who is the first coach to ever to give jimmy lake his first college coaching job
1: oh shoot i don't know this
2: Paul Wolf at Eastern Washington really? University. Well, this makes really. sense. Perhaps, perhaps Jimmy Lake is spiteful that, that WSU, <laughs> He was the the predecessor of uh, of Wolf, and <clears throat> wanted to see his the guy that gave him the start to his career continue coaching, and he mm-hmm. just doesn't like. I mean, it's pretty That's the the comparison is pretty loose, but you know, I don't, I don't know. You never know. I mean, yeah, right. I feel like coaching, like you
1: kind of have your coaching tree or coaching pedigree or whatever. And I feel like people are always, I mean, like you hate to bring it back up and I'm not going to get too deep into it, but like the whole Urban Meyer thing and being so loyal to whatever that guy's name was, right? Yeah. That's because he he was related to like a coaching mentor of his, Urban, right? Yeah. So like you just kind of, like, I feel like there's coaching family that you stick with. And so I think there's some validity. the, 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 The
2: coaching fraternity is very tight.
1: For sure. Exactly. Yeah, no, I think I think that's that, that's definitely an interesting theory, and I, I will I will put some stock into it. Um, but then also kind of <laughs> elaborating on what you were saying about how the like writing was on the wall before the game, like before it started, at least indicating which way it would go. Uh, I remember Coach Kowalski was talking one of the most Coach Kowalski quotes of all time. It was basically on offense they do what they do, and on defense <laughs> we do what we do. You know, and so he was like, yeah. So he 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 wasn't saying anything about how the game will be like. How it'll be different, but it's like, are you? Do you have to plan for anything different with Gardner Minshew or Max Borgie? And he's like, nope, they do what they do, and we do what we do. And then uh, they asked, is there anything different? And he said, no, not really. Nope, was that was his response. Yeah. Um, and then I think, but then, so writing was on the wall. And then I think that I I do I really think that the game, uh, was won and almost could have been put away on the very first play from scrimmage. When, oh, like, you Gardner could say Minshew that it was did yeah. his you thing, say
0: it was still done. like,
1: yeah, Gar- Gardner Minshew does like what Gardner Minshew is known for doing. It's like he takes like one, two, and just fires it, right? And it hits Taylor Rapp in the chest. And what looked like <laughs> from where I was sitting could have gone the distance, you know, if he holds yeah. it him. And then they yeah. run it, and then it's like third and six. And then Elijah Molden comes up with a pass breakup on third down, and it's like, oh, shoot, three and out. Like, I've thrown two balls, and they've been they've hit the hands of Washington. Yeah. Ugh.
2: Well, I think I think that's kind of that had it had an effect on and I mean this is kind of to your point that that definitely had an effect on the the rest of the game. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, but it seemed like, you know, and, and obviously in the A-rate offense you check down a lot. Yeah. Like that's kind of the nature of the offense, you're checking down, but he was checking down oh, it yeah. seemed like before he was going even getting through his first first and second reads, it was just Take the snap one, two, and just dump down.
1: Yeah, and which, I, mean, like, I don't know he, if that. Yeah, do that.
2: I don't know if that was kind of like you know just the the secondary getting UW secondary getting in his head yeah. or anything. But yeah, and I think the other and, thing is Washington created a
1: lot more pressure than I think anyone expected. They came up with two sacks and they had the intentional grounding and then a play that looked like it was close to being intentional grounding. But then you think about even the pick that he threw uh, to Ben Burkhin. Yeah, like he was like like. He was leaning back and I, I it went higher than it went far you know like yeah th- th- he was clearly uncomfortable from the outset uh and I think that's obvious that's what Washington tries to do in in the Apple Cup they just take three and they just try to like collapse that like crush it like a like a coke can you know just yeah press it on in and then you're like all right you either have to check this down or take a sack or get hit you know yeah and then yeah I mean Max Borgie and James Williams were like, I'm surprised, like, obviously, the one thing I was, wasn't, like, people talk about Washington State should have made an adjustment because of the weather, and obviously it's not their thing to run the ball, and it, but they were running the ball super effectively, and I'm sure it would have been yeah. different if Washington decided they had to pin their ear back, ears back and stop the run, <clears throat> but I was surprised to see them not give Max Borgie and James Williams more well, chances.
2: another interesting stat, through the first three quarters of that game, which team do you think was averaging more yards per carry? Oh, it was uh, it was Washington State. Washington State was yeah. averaging more yards per carry, mm-hmm. and obviously that Gaskin run. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, just but there was final... the Browning sack that he fumbled that could. Okay, yeah, yeah I, sp- but, you I know, suppose. But, but yeah. it,
1: it was not like they were they were running the ball super. Well. And Gardner Minshew had been sacked two times though as well. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. James Williams averaged six yards a carry that game, and Max Borgie yeah. was probably around four and a half. You yeah, know it's like so. Th- 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 I think that there's validity to saying, like Washington State was running the ball fine,
2: They're Yeah. well, and. and- I th- my my last my last point here, and I know this is so uncharacteristic uncharacter- of Mike Leach. It's even it's almost hard <clears throat> to expect anything less of him. But I mean, goodness, fourth and one, <laughs> you got a chip shot field goal right there. Yeah. Like, just take the like he had. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, it's the first field goal of the game in that kind of in those kinds of conditions. Like, I I, I understand the skepticism. But you go and then when they score their when WC scores their first touchdown, they kick the PAT, no issues. It just makes you think like, man, yeah. he probably he probably could have hit that right no, there. And, like and that then, didn't seem like it would be an issue. And then at the, at the end of the half, yes, that's like you're looking it. at a one point game right there, which I mean completely changes the game. And it's just like man, for sure. No, what I was I was sh-
1: that, that's the one that that confused me more. Like the fourth and one, not super. Like you said, not uncharacteristic of Mike, Mike Leach to roll the dice there. Um, but I, I feel like it was very uncharacteristic of Gardner Minshew with like 15 seconds left on the clock within like reasonable field goal range, even in those conditions. Yeah. To just float one up into the end
2: zone. Like well, Washington yeah, and- State
1: had numbers. I think they had three receivers on that side and it was just JoJo and Byron Murphy back there. Yeah. But that ball was like hung up. Yeah it, yeah it was not a good mm-hmm. ball it was not a good ball
2: and I mean there's what 12 seconds left on the clock you get a first yeah. down plenty of time to clock it and get in field goal range sure. so I mean that was that was disheartening but you know that's just kind of WC plays on house money so you know that's yeah. kind of that's kind of the nature of how they play and I think that that was also it's like okay you know it, it plays into UW's hand because they know his tent his, his tendencies are so firm that he's going to go for it on yeah. fourth and one, even if he's on, you know, it's first and, or it's fourth and goal. Yeah, like I mean, it, th- it just doesn't matter.
1: The thing that's so surprising, though, to me, and I've talked about it for years with like my friends here at UW, is how is it that Washington is the only team that can take their tendencies and use it against them? Like, it's not like they, they do the same thing against everybody too. And there are yeah. phys- there are teams that are physical, like Washington, that like st- like Stanford and wa- Washington, very similar. Yeah, whether they play Utah and Washington, very similar.
2: Cal and Washington, I guess Cal, kept Cal does it in their way. own kind of different way, but the, and their, the physical nature is the same.
1: Yeah, and it's just like, so why is it unique? Especially like, how is it the Washington State seems to bottle up Bryce Love or Christian McCaffrey, whoever it is, whenever they yeah. play them? And it's like, but Washington can just take Miles Gaskin and name a yardage. Basically, it feels like.
2: Yeah, I think it was – I can't remember who, who – I think it was like Robert Taylor who's, you know, the former safety, yeah, WSU yeah. safety. I think I saw him tweet, and it was just like, I swear other teams don't watch WSU film. Like – Yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't – like, it, it does feel like that because it's like, man, they do the same thing against everyone. And and it is different. It's different than what everyone else is doing. But you play them once a year, like, you know, Yeah. UW seems to have this lockdown. I don't know how – like – and I, I like you. You probably saw too that UW and WSU are tied for the most Pac-12 wins in the past, and since the past four seasons. Yeah. Except UW has handed WSU forty percent of their losses. <laughs> so it's like, I you know I don't know how people how other people aren't like catching on to this. But, yeah. No, it's you know, interesting. And you know, th-
1: it's, this is kind of off topic, but I'm curious kind of to hear what both of you guys think about this. I saw an article albeit from what didn't necessarily seem like a super reliable website that uh, had like the the Texas Tech rumors you know like Mike yeah. Leach interested going back there there are some big wig boosters who are lobbying to make it happen as well yeah yeah um like do, at a certain point do you think Mike Leach has accomplished all he can accomplish here and do you think that he would leave for that reason uh like is there any validity to like rumors coming up about about mike leach
2: you know no, I okay so i don't think i i think specifically the rumor regarding going back to texas tech is com- yeah is no, completely bogus i do think and I, i'm spacing on mike leach's agent's name but i know for a fact he is pretty good about making a stir about you know because obviously he's trying to get his client the most money possible Oh for sure and wsu will spend any penny at all to keep him in Pullman. So, therefore, he goes, he talks to other people. Whether there's any validity towards it or not, he says, yeah, there's conversations around it. And it's all kind of this deal to get him more money. Yeah, just to
1: get an extension or a raise.
2: Uh, Yeah, yeah. So, I don't think... However, you know, if, like, Lincoln Riley or someone was to, to depart, to leave Norman or something... I th- and you know there's rumors about Mike Leach making that move. If it was a big time move, then yeah. I would believe it. It's but I don't. I don't believe. I mean, hearing him talk about Texas Tech now, when yeah, he was he for, like Texas his, Tech. his 2009 season, I, I would be blown away yeah. if he w- if he were able to, you know, make bygones be bygones. Like
1: oh yeah, I mean. He gets fired there for that scandal
2: with Craig James's son. Yeah, and then they haven't paid him for it yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, he's it's still just, like two and a half million dollars or something like that. Yeah, it's so real. I mean, I It'd would. Be funny I if they would... give
1: him a two and a half million dollar signing bonus.
2: That... <laughs> 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 you can have it. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, yeah, I I think I think any rumors at this point, uh, in terms of like sm- for sure small moves, what I would I would probably put those aside, but if you hear any of the big ones. You know, I, I I would suspect that Mike Leach would like to get back to Florida. He loves Florida yeah, for some Yeah, Is there where he lives? Yeah which is hilarious because, so well. <laughs> yeah i guess but i just i i think florida is just one of the worst places yeah. ever but you know yeah
1: but you know it's where he gets like
2: it's is not every receiver on the roster from florida or is that just me no a lot of them are for california but there are i mean i mean i the, guess take, uh, uh, tavares martin tavares and, martin and uh isaiah johnson mack were both florida yeah. but they do have travel harris is from florida um uh-huh, uh-huh. i can't and there there's an, a 2019 kid that there's a, I think there's a couple 2019 kids out of Florida, yeah. so I mean I there's always feel like
1: they have by far the most Florida kids in the conference inside. Prob- probably, probably,
2: maybe I I don't know maybe like a USC or someone or might Oregon, might do a little, too. Yeah, do some yeah, Someone like that. But yeah, I mean there's always like a couple skill guys.
0: So yeah, there was a there was a really a loyal member of the Washington football community that said that the Cougars lost because they don't recruit in state. And his reasoning is that the correlation with not understanding the rivalry, Gardner Minshew just play li- played it like it was any other game. Uh, the the Florida receivers they're not they're not exactly up to date on the, the history of the rivalry. And Tracy Ford believes that uh, his uh, his his players should be uh, should be considered more more seriously by uh, W S U and Mike Leach. I mean, the stats uh, say that 23 players on WSU's roster come from in state. And most of those ga- most of those guys are like third-string linebackers. You know, they're not, they're not really yeah, an in-pain polluer. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's hard though. It's hard to lure some of these kids from the west side uh, yeah. over to Pullman. Yeah. And most of the time, the, the, the out-of-state kids are better, anyways. But mm-hmm. that might be okay. something that helps them from a psychological aspect. All well, that's right, one part. All of
2: right, that. yeah. All right, Tracy. First of all, let me let me let me set the record clear. WSU does not not recruit in-state players. Yeah, they just can't seem to get in-state players to come to WSU yeah. because UW is that they much more. the ones that are it, Division One. Is players. that much more appealing for the Western Washington kid? Uh, I mean, you even go look at a kid like uh, what Weaver Cole, was a Cole Weaver for Evan the, Weaver. The, yeah Evan Weaver like he had an opportunity. So uh, I, I have a friend who was you know went to high school with him, big U-Dub fan. Had an offer from u and Cal and WSU, but went to Cal. Like, Spokane yeah. kid, huge U-Dub fan, but still doesn't choose... Like, I think...
0: Yeah, Spokane, you would consider him a one of Yeah, he's, he's one WSU, of the best kids in to come...
2: I mean, he's probably <laughs> one of the best kids to come out of Spokane. I mean, until we see what Roderick Fisher looks
0: like. Yeah. Or, or Devin Coles.
2: So, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> there's like... it's It's tough to... It's not you can't really say that WCU isn't trying because they are. Yeah. But when you, when you realize the state of the situation where it's like, man, it doesn't matter how many resources we dump into these kids. They just keep going to UW. So therefore are, is it, is it in our best interest to keep pouring our resources into these kids when they continuously do not choose us or should we look elsewhere? And I think they're, they're probably smart to be looking elsewhere at this point because it's just not happening
1: yeah I mean so then I guess to, to add on to that just to add more in-state players to add more in-state players is a, a bad idea yeah you know because if From you're one game a year like oh shoot Washington got players one through seven in the state like in terms of recruiting rankings or whatever you think you know let's yeah. like, okay let's shoot, get shoot get now they're looking at 17. like <laughs> Merrellins Island slot receiver you know it's
0: like yeah yeah no that's not, not that's not it, a you know? good way to look at and it and
1: I, I like I would also I think it's interesting and you could debate either side but like you said, Washington State this year, and always plays on house money. Like I, I feel like, the, like there's an advantage to kind of playing the apple cap on house money if you're Washington State because the, when you think to a certain extent, the context of the rivalry might tighten you up a little bit. You know?
2: Yeah. No, and that's what I think. I think taking guys who don't understand like that. Mike Leach's philosophy is take every game, like place va- place the same amount of value on every game because yeah. if you're placing more value on another game that means you're placing less value on another game and every win means every every win counts the same which i mean you know i understand that and, and on paper that it, that is a good way of looking at it but you i mean every year the the backlash you, like i feel like he doesn't necessarily account for the implications of the apple cup every year and, and I mean, yes, it does fade away, but you know, for the, those that month after the Apple Cup, it always seems like WSU, like the program, is just in turmoil, and like you know, everyone's going to be leaving or something like that. And it's like, man, if if they would just win an Apple Cup, like that would, that would subside.
0: There's a few other psychological factors going on in this rivalry. Obviously, none of these guys have been UW uh, four or five. And according to, what was it, the UW Twitter account, even six years in a row for our good friend Payne Palour. We'll get into some of that Twitter trash talk in a second cool.
2: now. <laughs> Which uh, he players, players. hasn't played in. Players. Yeah, I know a that, lot that of was, them. <laughs> no, he yeah, hasn't played in like four of them, right? Yeah.
0: Remember when he was 18? Yeah. It, it, that doesn't count, right? So players have referred to themselves as little brother. Uh, when referring to UW, they went shirtless in the pregame to, I don't know, to psych themselves up and... And their uh, and their Twitter stock is going down as well. There's a lot of wacky mind games going on here, and I you know I didn't consider Utah players to be that brash, you know that uh yeah, that is that, that, that street basketball style. But honestly, I think it's a combination of these guys being in their senior year. Um, mm-hmm. They were doing more showboating stuff during the game. Like I think after Miles Gaskin scored his first touchdown, uh, he threw up the W at the WSU student section, mm-hmm. and you just don't expect that from these players because they're they're normally so almost boring to a certain extent. It's very generic. Yeah. And all of a sudden they they go crazy. Like they get tons of followers and and uh, they they really come out of the woodworks and and uh, but bo- both sides honestly I'm really surprised by the reaction on both sides after this game. I really thought that it, because UW won, there wouldn't be a whole lot of talk. This would blow over in a few hours, uh, but it is escalated. Like, it is as heated as it's been.
1: Yeah, it's got, well, I mean, the one thing, uh, because it's the last regular season game of the year, I feel like it's almost become this trend to, uh, like, take your, your one and only shot of trash talk to the media. Uh, like, you take advantage of it during the Apple Cup. Like, Kevin King, after the Apple Cup his senior year, said it's not a rivalry anymore because he's never lost to them. Um, I remember Elijah Qualls uh, said in 2016 he was excited that Luke Falk would play because he didn't want any excuses, you know, that sort of thing. So now yeah. I think there's kind of been this, this tone set that it's like, all right, now you, like, you play the Cougs, and then you can get everything pent up for four years and just throw it out there. And it well, got, I, it was really catty.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Apple Cup Week and, and if Chris Peterson says, like, all right, if you guys win, I mean, you know, go for it. Like, Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, and the other thing you is, you I, I
2: wouldn't be, I wouldn't take me by that much surprise.
1: Mm-hmm. You, you could use like a what's it called, like a little post hoc analysis here, and say that there's just the great temptation to talk trash during this week, anyways, because players haven't been available for four years before the Apple Cup. At least my four yeah. years of being in media for Washington, they they don't let it happen, you know, um, because obviously, I mean, if they start saying that stuff on Wednesday before the Apple Cup and lose. It's not a very good look, you know? Yeah. So
2: that's that's an interesting thing Just Which me. is boring because, I mean, Gardner Minshew, Peyton Plewer, and Hunter Dale were all, were all made av- available prior to the Apple yeah. Cup. Like, mm-hmm. go make Jake Browning, you know, Ben Burkerman, and Taylor Rapp all available. Yeah. Or, yeah, I would suppose like someone a little more outspoken, like JoJo McIntosh, probably a little more outspoken yeah. than Taylor Rapp. Well, no, but, it was like,
1: surprising because quiet guys took to Twitter after the game, too. Like, yeah like Keith Taylor cast his Heisman vote for Gardner Minshew which I think shocked the world. It was like I've never heard this guy speak. And he goes <laughs> and throws that much shade. It was unbelievable.
0: Just the the one where you just pick a player and then you just yeah, it, uh, yeah. it's like an auto tweet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like a, That's a little like the That's a little Nissan subtle. USA. <laughs>
2: Still, still gonna help him get to New York. so <laughs> yeah, exactly. Either either way, like I'm, I'm all right with it. <laughs> well,
0: there's a couple things that died in this game, and and one of the first ones that comes to mind is Minshew Mania. It's done right now. He had his time, and he'll be forgotten about it in a couple seasons. But Minchu, mm. I mean, on the national scene, I mean, forget about it. Locally, you know, Pullman, West Side, of Washington, uh, still going on, still wearing the mustaches. But uh, in any oh, hope, speaking of, of yeah. mustaches, did becoming... you see the Warrior Malloy
1: video?
2: No, I didn't. Oh, that
1: was brutal. That what was br- oh, he, man. I... He he comes out and he's like he's got a like kind of a straw U-dub hat on and a fake mustache. And oh. he's like laughing and he's like they thought this year was different. They thought he was the guy and then he goes and mispronounces his name a few times on purpose and then he starts woofing at the camera and rips his mustache off.
0: Oh, goodness. Yeah. Lawyer. Grown Come on, man. Now.
2: that was a lot. <laughs> Come on, you're you're better than
0: that. Yeah, grown man mocking <laughs> a kid. Well, uh, and also another narrative that died was uh, everybody hates Jake Browning. I mean, the dem- the redemption story has pretty much written itself. I mean, he needs to write a book. I would love to know how he really felt yeah. <laughs> in the week leading up to the Apple Cup. And if there's one guy to, to write that book, it'd be you, Luke. You could be the ghostwriter. Yeah, writer. seriously.
2: Oh, you could be his... Oh, that would be, oh, that would be well, amazing. I mean, I'm sure he'd yeah. open up to you. Be it would would be your, that would be your big break. You could be like the next Michael Lewis. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> just ghostwriting all these celeb books. That would be... Hey, a, yeah. Oh. I'd be in. Like and no. it doesn't so, just I mean, have to
0: be Browning, Miles Gaskin, like any of these guys. If uh, if I this, this this hey, I'll write it and then you approve it and then yeah, <laughs> and, and will no, put it seriously. out there. Yeah, I know. Like, make my quotes. Hey, Is it cool if you say this in the book?
1: You <laughs> sound really, you sound really good right now. When, yeah, uh, you I,
2: could like follow them around. You could be best buds. Like, oh yeah, that, you know, that could be a pretty good deal.
1: Yeah, gosh. I mean, I feel like every week, whether it's on this or Dogman or just on Twitter, like I have to remind people, like, hey, like just by the way. Jake Browning right now has the chance to not only be the winningest quarterback in conference history, but have taken UW to back to back to back in your six bowl games, win two conference championships, and has a chance to win a Rose Bowl, and we don't like this guy. Like what? I'm just yeah. I just don't even get it. It's unbelievable.
2: Yeah. Hopefully I, I you know, in the aftermath of all of this, there's one thing that I can hope, and then I can hope that Jake Browning will not live long enough to be the villain, and he can die the hero. Well, no, he, I uh, hope, he, I hope he, at he lived least... long enough
0: to be the hero. He lived long... He already lived... He yeah, already yeah. Was the villain. He, he yeah. was the hero. And then, yeah, he went through... So is through he back? Is villain? he already back? No, that's, he's what, that's, sure that's the why it's a redemption story. Yeah, you know, if, it, 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 he, he, can, he can write the final chapter in these next couple games. Yeah, without, no, without if, if, really he, if
1: the Huskies win the conference championship, I think he's solidified himself as a good memory,
0: which I think he already kind
1: of has solidified himself as a good memory, but, like, if he loses the conference championship game, I think the vocal minority will still... Chirp for a few years, yeah. You know, yeah. You I think if he wins the conference very championship middle, game, yep. it's time for everyone to be like, okay, like stop. This is ridiculous. Really yeah.
2: He's yeah, the
0: yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know. So I think I think the whole inferiority complex that you have towards Browning and, his, and and some of his haters, I think that will also disappear. Uh, yeah. If if UW can beat Utah, uh, which oh we'll, for sure, which we got to talk about right now. Let's, uh, let's let's get a little preview of the UW versus Utah. Uh, it's on a Friday. A lot of people aren't happy about that. Not a good reflection. Of the Mm-mm. the Pac-12 and 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 maybe advantage
1: not. Washington though they played on Friday and Utah played Saturday night yeah you know so slight advantage Washington there
0: any uh, any help having a backup quarterback in there for Utah right now going to be a feast and, and backup running back you know yeah. I mean they
1: haven't moved the ball exceptionally well in the couple games but they continue
2: to win so and they just got well they got didn't they get smacked by uh, BYU no they came back did they come back and win yeah that game? which is
1: ridiculous but they got pushed around by BYU which I mean obviously shows well for Washington you know it's like Washington was just on a different level than BYU but I mean or or, yeah when they played and now and I mean the Huskies went into Rice Eccles Stadium played bad and walked out with a 14 point win you know so I think like Washington has to feel confident about this but obviously you have to respect Utah because I think regardless of who's quarterback or who's running back it doesn't really change their reputation yeah you know they're just a big physical team yeah Uh, but I, I you know I think it's similar to like washington versus stanford right now or what should have been washington versus cal i think washington just right now is the biggest most physical team in the conference and i think that they can kind of outplay utah right like or beat utah at their game uh you take away like utah has a distinct home field advantage like playing Mm -hmm. up in the mountains or in in the valley that's i don't know elevated and (laughs) it's loud (laughs) place you know like i think it'll be easier for washington or fans to travel to uh to uh, San Jose, Santa Clara, whatever you want to call Santa the city that yeah. it's in. Uh, but yeah, so I I think it'll be interesting. You know, Utah's going to be tough and they're going to be physical. I think they'll probably be able to run the ball a little bit against Washington because it feels like every team sort of has been able to. Uh, it'll just be hard for them to actually pound it into the into the end zone. Uh, their cor- Is it Jason Shelley who's their quarterback? Yep. He's kind of an anomaly. I need to watch him right now, but I feel like he, every game... He goes, like, 11 for 24 with 230 yards and a touchdown. And it's like, where did that one or two plays come in? Yeah, <laughs> A lot of it's Britton Covey. I don't know if Britton Covey's going to sleep an hour this week knowing that he has to go back up against Washington after what happened to him the first that time guy's That guy's a tough dude. Yeah, he's real <clears throat> tough. And you got to you
2: tip your cap to that guy.
1: Yeah, gosh. I just remember him. Uh, I mean, this was just the most JoJo McIntosh play ever. It was fourth down, Washington's up, two touchdowns, and there's, like, a minute and a half left in the game and Tyler Huntley just floats this ball across the middle into the end zone Covey goes up high to get it and it's batted away by someone and like not necessarily a dirty but not necessarily a necessary hit either from Jojo McIntosh just takes his legs out from under him when he's in the air and he lands and he starts like he's clearly in so much pain and he like r- rolls around for a second and gets up and starts punching the ground and then gets off and runs or gets up and runs off the field it's Yeah. just like geez that guy that guy took some shots against Washington yeah yeah. You know, but you have to give him credit like he just kept going back. That guy is tough. Yeah. Uh, I think
2: I think you have to be you have to be pretty happy that <clears throat> I mean, well obviously every game is every Pac-12 championship game is played in Santa Clara or at least yeah. so far has been, but like I think I think it was my 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 brother was telling me that like one of the things that you don't really realize about Rice Eccles is how close like the f- like the first row of fans are to the bench. Yeah. Like you're you hear fans chirping in your ear like the entire game like you're trying to listen to coaches you're trying to do so many different things some of these players are like calling like keeping track of formations and calling for and like you can audibly hear fans like from from behind you screaming and yelling at you which is something you don't really like even you don't even think i mean you consider you consider martin stadium like an intimate stadium yeah but like you can't that's not yeah. possible like and then the fan- even when you
1: think of a loud stadium like that you think of like oh it's it's rowdy and it's hard to hear pre-snap and you don't think about like what you're saying like they're literally like you hear every word they say it's hard to listen when you're on the bench because yeah 10 feet away from you that's interesting yeah no yeah that's unique for sure and I think yeah, the other thing that bodes well for Washington is I think uh like obviously Jake Browning apologist here like I I think he's been great all year but like there was a rut that he was going through where he was, like, trying to prolong plays and going backwards and making some ill-advised throws after he'd kind of dug himself in a hole. And I think the Utah game was kind of like the, the opposite of the pinnacle. What's like the pinnacle yeah. bad? The bad pinnacle, yeah, <laughs> of, of that for him. And I think that, yeah. that after that game was the turning point. But you remember the pick six he almost threw when he shuffles back twenty yards and while he's getting hit, just floats it up and it was yeah, yeah 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 yeah. So I think that like, you'll see a better... I think you'll see a better Washington team, probably a better Utah team, but without their two most dynamic playmakers on offense. Uh, so, I mean, I think Washington has to feel good, yeah. but obviously you can't walk into the Pac-12 championship thinking it's a formality to get you to the Rose Bowl.
2: Yeah. Well, and I guess my my final thought on, like, maybe, maybe UW has kind of found their swagger again after that Apple Cup win. Yeah, I think it was
1: a slow buildup. Like, I think... The Oregon State game helped, or the the Stanford game helped set the tone. Even though they almost lost that one, they came out against Uh like a respectable team and just marched down the field a ton early uh, and came up with three picks. Like I think, all around a good performance. They moved the ball at will early against Oregon State, and then Washington State. They played by far their best game of the year, regardless of what the scoreboard says. You know. Yeah. So I I agree with that. I think that they kind of have their swagger and uh, are, are clicking. Like, it took them a while to click, but now they're clicking, and it's November, and you like to be in that situation. That's, that's the right time to be clicking.
0: Uh, 100%. Two weeks ago, uh, UW offered Kennedy Catholic quarterback Sam Huer, and that's something we discussed on this show. Not so much... Would Sam Hewitt commit to UW, I mean, the way he articulated it, uh, he was very much excited to one day be a Husky. It was more so, how would the relationship between the media and uh, this five-star quarterback, uh, number one rated uh, pro-style quarterback in the country, how would that fall out? And t- this morning on the Brock and Sox show, uh, they were doing good news, no news, uh, good news, bad news, and no news, uh, you know, one of their featured segments. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Mike Salk brings up the recent UW uh, verbal commit. Sam Heward, He uh, he committed last Sunday. Brock immediately says that this is no news. Now, the reason um he said that this is no news is that because he's still in high school, and apparently Brock doesn't talk about high school kids. Obviously, he is happy for his nephew, but I think that this was a statement by the harshness, by the the urgency in his voice that he's not going to talk him up. Um, he's like this because this is the first time he's made any public comment. About uh, Sam Hewitt, uh, um being a UW Husky, and uh, Mike Salk was kind of like you know planting the seeds a little bit, kind of trying to get an answer out of him about how he felt about yeah. Sam Heward's future at UW. Brock said, "Hey, I don't want to talk about it. This is not any this is this is not good news or bad news. It is just irrelevant." And but he, like I said, he did mention that he is happy for uh, for Sam.
2: Yeah, I think this also, I suspect at least that this proves my theory that Sam Heward was offered with a condition in a, with a, on the condition that both his father and his uncle would not would not talk yeah. about him to a certain to a certain extent with their platforms i think like you know that they you know they could say happy for him stuff like that yeah. but that they would not dive into Would, you, would it, it surprise
0: you at all if this was if this was almost like like I I, I said that Mike uh, Mike Salk set up Brock. I you think Brock planted this into the script for for their for their show? Um, because mm. they he wanted to bring it up and just get it out of the way so that people. Well, would be, hey, what do you think of this? I'm what sure he had to. I would say it's, it it's
2: yeah, it's it's entirely. I don't know if he necessarily put it into the script, Proposed but he he right. definitely seen the script yeah. before and said okay, an yeah, ready. let's let's do this. Sure. There's no the, way he they took him took him by surprise or anything yeah, I,
0: I was not going to let that nugget slide by him i think that's a i think that's a major um statement that he made uh in his morning show uh especially you know following following his following his commitment and, uh, and, and Sam's excited. Sam, Sam definitely is a guy for that sure. wanted to be Husky from a young age. Kind of goes back to that whole, hey, was he considering WSC? Like, no, none of these guys really do for the most part. Uh, the, and they, they grew up on a steady diet. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even sure Washington State would have come after him.
2: You know? yeah. Furthermore, they? I'd be interested to see, because you said that Brock Heard said he doesn't talk about high school kids.
0: You didn't. Or high school prepared. athletes, and that's yeah. what he uses the reason. I would be,
2: I would be curious to go no look news. back, and I mean, obviously, I'm not going to spend the time to go listen to every hour of Brock and Salt every day, every single yeah. <laughs> I'm but sure but I would be before. curious to see if he has talked about high school athletes in how, the past. Okay, how
0: often do these morning talk shows discuss? They don't. They because there's no they, reason. They to. hardly
2: uh, ever talk they, uh, about. Uh, they're
0: not. They're not talking Jacob Sermon when he was playing at Bothell. You know, they're they're not talking a yeah, uh, Darian yeah. Chase. You know, at Union Darian. Chase they're catering Udub, uh, to
2: bigger markets, so I mean, I understand.
0: Where the hell did Darren Chase end up? Is he missed dub right now? No, He's Nebraska, committed in Nebraska. Right. Yeah, that was yeah. very recent. Yeah, it was interesting. But was like like I said, they're not going to be like, oh, why didn't he choose up Like that's just the, he. Um, he won't even. He'll barely even criticize. Like um, when you talk Applica, he'll say like, oh, the WSU player made a mistake. He'll never say names. Like that, that. That's how. That's how careful that these guys are with the. Like we can say whatever we want. I mean, they're they're, they're borderline our peers, you know, but. Uh, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to criticize a decision made by a sixteen-year-old. Yeah, but I think, yeah. No, I, I think that's very healthy.
2: Here, not not necessarily related to to Sam Heward, but I would like to play a little game here, and that is which will be the first UW quarterback to, to transfer. Fucking leave. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like each one of us to choose oh, the I, first I quarterback who, and I think I I think this might I think, think, think maybe consensus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll start or right, Micah, you start us off. I was I guess. We Colson can Yank one, two, three Yank
1: it off. if we want to be all three. Oh at the same time.
2: really I, I mean I, I guess oh, I think, really I think it's I think it's Sermon. Oh, I oh, thought it was Coulson as well. <laughs> you think it's Colson? <laughs> so there's so, okay
1: on the message boards of Dogman there's already a, a rumor of him transferring. That's clearly not true because he traveled to Washington State. Yeah. But uh like just like, and so much could change right now. And it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody that Colson Yankoff came in and was not necessarily at the same level as Jacob Sermon because Jacob Sermon is, by all means, he, he a was pro raised, style quarterback. No,
0: he was raised on, UD. I mean, he, he was like yeah. visiting practices, basically. Exactly. For, for, and for like, so he's
1: familiar with the program, he is a quarterback that's stereotypical for this kind of an offense colson yankoff not necessarily as much and i mean he also played and i think this has probably has to do a little bit he played in court lane where like what i think it's that fair think to assume think? I, I think it's fair to assume that like your average competition level and the people you're playing with probably don't match can no go for it
2: yeah you know well, so, I, I, yeah but I, I i at the same respect you know once you're beyond the high school level it's like Oh yeah, it's ninety. The, yeah, I, I feel like the high school competition you're facing has much less to do with like how you're I gonna mean, be. In I mean, college. honestly,
0: Luke, I mean, Sermon lost like half his games at Bothell, and <laughs> Yankoff lost like three in his career. So, that's yeah. true. I so, mean, so, you might have faced harder competition at in, in Kinko, but yeah. he, he didn't do that great. So.
2: I wouldn't. I like. I wouldn't just say because. Sermon it looks looks the part. He has the the rocket and does, arm and stuff like that. And, I mean he does. He does have all that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's he's going to to get the job. Yeah. Like let's let's not forget that that Jake Browning didn't really fit the mold for yeah, that's a good you know the you know the starting quarterback as a true freshman yet, you know, he got it. And
1: he's the best quarterback in school history.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I just think there's something about Colson Yankoff that I like more than Ritty. Sermon. And yeah, I, well, you know, I, I can't really put my finger on it.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I think my two, so m- my two defenses of what I'm saying. Uh, number one is uh, that I'm just going from at this point in time, and at this point in time, it seems like they think Sermons ahead of him, like just physically. So that's just what it seemed like from yeah. watching Spring and Volcano. And,
0: and this is a. Oh, did you, did you have another point outside of Yeah, the, but you the can go ahead and elaborate on that one if you want. I was going to say, this is a topic we need to save for a rainy day. <laughs> oh, for sure. We yeah. We,
2: let's not. Oh, this, this in will the be a topic yeah. we revisit plenty of times. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe for once sure. or twice. And the uh, next
1: shoot. I'm kind of blanking on the second one now. <laughs> <Is> <laughs> I
2: don't it, know how that happened. it mental? Gosh, gosh darn it, Micah. We, well, we have covered the I
1: physical part. I don't think it's part.
0: super important. We've covered the mental part. Oh, yeah.
2: No, here's what it is.
1: No, yeah. Thank you. It's this that I think. I obviously don't know him at all, and I'm sure that he is a great person. But I think that the the biggest criticism by the the casual high school football uh, like junkie that uh, watched Jacob Sermon play, or people who have like who have sources or whatever, say that Jacob Sermon might not. Like, you know, have, like, like you said, he lost some games at Bothell. He might not have the it, you know?
0: He might not have the, He might not be too headsy. Like, not not, not much of an it factor with this guy. Yeah, for sure. But I think, think,
1: like, I think there are are a couple players that I've heard stories of who have been examples of people with, that are, are kind of missing, whether it's like the drive or the focus or whatever it may be, that Washington has been able to like kind of whip into shape. Under this mm-hmm. Chris Peterson regime, you know, so I think, I think well, that, like, I think the at difference... the end of the day, you can, you can, you can teach. Like Coach Peterson likes to say that, or like that, it's not all on the quarterback. Like people measure a quarterback by wins, um, but a lot more goes into winning games. Like obviously the quarterback has the ball more than anybody, but like if you have a good team around them and you have a good culture and a good system and you can teach them like the right decisions to make and all this stuff and I, I think that like at the end of the day i just think that jacob sermon's talent is going to be too much to overcome
0: hmm. yeah th- there's a there's a personality difference between when jacob eason came out of high school and when sermon came out of high school i, I consider eason closer to browning just in their persona e- uh, sermon sermon just doesn't seem as mature and and it, it, it's not like it's not like an off the field thing it just it just it's just that personality thing where he just, I don't think he considers himself the top, like the the go to guy, like Easton does wherever he goes. It's inter- even, Like what's what's huh. interesting
1: with a guy like Browning to me is that uh, I think people, like again, ca- more casual fans can w- like. I've heard there's someone that it's my dad.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, he, 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 sources yeah. sources say
1: <laughs> yeah. my dad compares. Jake to Eli Manning like in terms of like his personality yeah. and like his like mannerisms and all this stuff and, and I just couldn't disagree more I think just because you're quiet it doesn't mean that you're not like it doesn't mean you're not an alpha well,
0: you know the, the, the Jake Browning is, is a huge alpha male there's no doubt yeah. about that oh yeah no no, like, I, he's, I 100% agree with that yeah so like, well and so I is yeah. Eason so is Eason I just don't get that yeah. I don't get I get that vibe from Eason I get it from Browning I don't get it from Sermon yet going back to Yankoff versus Sermon. I think what's really
2: going to decide this thing, and, and before I get into this, by no means am I questioning either of their mental strength. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think. That's I mean, assuming that Eason is the front runner to get the starting job next yeah. year, basically we're looking at twenty. Who's going to be the starter for twenty twenty? Yeah. yeah. And unless Jacob Eason, I mean, two years. these, yes, Whoa. <laughs> that would be, happen. that would be interesting. That, yeah, yeah I mean, and it's also I, not going to happen, <laughs> Yeah, I mean. but like, okay. So, you know, assuming Easton's going to be the starter for 2019, that means that Yankov and Sermon have a full another year of sitting on the bench.
0: Yeah. And well, I mean and, they're, they're still be freshmen. I mean, it's not like, it's not like they're, well, they'll be, yeah,
2: retro, they're retro fresh and yeah. And they have time and I'm not saying they don't. But for two guys who are used, who are used to being the guys, like how do you know? It takes a lot to to still be yeah. the good locker room was, guy, the good teammate yeah. when choice. you're not gone, playing.
0: They could have gone to a for lower sure. level school, still. Yeah, but, 12. still. Well, still, well still, then and then, so then I think that brings up a
1: sleeper pick. What about Jake Hayner?
0: Oh, you no. know, yeah, you can't no, tell I, that Jake I, Henry I I not at least
1: be in the 2019 and 2020 competitions.
2: Yeah, no, you know? I, th- I think you're right, and I think and everyone that, that he could puts kids. him off. That everyone that puts him off as oh, he's too small, he's not pro. Like, guys, watch like, can we stop yeah. this? Can we stop that Like, have, we have se- Like, we live in Seattle where Russell Wilson is the quarter. Like, just stop it with the tangible tools, because obviously, in a Chris Peterson offense and plenty of other offenses. Tangible tools does not always relate to uh, correlate to success. Yeah. So like Hayner is completely on the board, and it's it, it's just foolish for the average fan to say that oh he's not because he's not physically as impressive, which he's entirely not physically as impressive as the other quarterbacks. If, if but, like that
0: you're gonna get a, a rebellious act from the <laughs> quarterback room where everybody transfers out at that point. Every Morris heads out. Uh, if Hainer's gonna be if Hainer's gonna be the guy for a couple years at UW, uh, there's not there's gonna be a lot of unhappy backup quarterbacks that feel that they should be getting that opportunity. Yeah, yeah it right. a lot of balls by Chris Peterson to to, to kind of trigger that because he has literally yeah. endless talent right now.
2: But you know you got quarterbacks coming in and you only need one quarterback. So
0: yes. you yeah, know it'd be kind like nice nice of nice if the other Pac-12 schools didn't have those four and five star quarterbacks that you got in the first place. <laughs> so I, I'll I'll give them the a shot and I will give them. A, uh, a long leash before uh, mm-hmm. I, I I inevitably give – I have to give it the hater. Uh, but Eastern Washington, um, they're in the FCS playoffs right now, and they got a first-round bye this past weekend. And how the FCS playoffs work is that uh, there are 24 teams, and the one through eight seeds get a first-round bye. Eastern Washington was the three seed. It's also worth mentioning that UC Davis, uh, the team that Eastern Washington crushed in the second-to-last week of the season, 59-20, they would meet up in the quarterfinals. So Eastern Washington plays in Nicole State uh, this weekend, and if they win that game, they will most likely play UC Davis in the next round. So that game will Eastern and Nicole State will be on ESPN three at one p.m. this Saturday. Uh, you guys think you might tune into that game? I mean, I mean WSU not Wait, playing. this this Saturday? Yep, this Saturday one p.m. You know, not not yeah. inter- interfere. No, I mean,
2: the thing is, and like my relationship to Eastern Washington is. It's kind of similar to my relationship to UW in the sense that I don't, you know, I don't particularly like them, but I do really, really like one player on the team, and that is Sam McPherson. Oh, I love Sam And I will, I will root <laughs> yeah. for him through hell and high water, so therefore... What do you I, say that player I, I want John Gardner on UW? I, yes, I would say that player is John, John Gardner, but I don't get to watch John Gardner play quite like I get to watch Sam McPherson That's play. That's true. So... I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, sure. 1 p.m. on a Saturday, yeah, I'll, pro- I'll probably yeah. tune into that.
0: And Sam's a true Washington cruncher. He's been doing it for, Yeah, friend uh, of the podcast,
2: years. Little League yeah. teammate, sure. <laughs> ride, ride or die boy right there for Thousand sure.
0: Thousand-plus yards this year. Also, uh, coming up this weekend, you know what? I'm actually not going to be watching the Eastern game because it's state championships are so at the Tacoma Dome. I'm working Friday and Saturday. You're going to be there? And, yeah, I'll be there the whole day. So uh, the first game is at 10 a.m. on Friday, and it's like the 2B game. If for those of you who don't know, there's a level below 1A. It's called 2B. <laughs> and, uh, is that 8-man? So, uh, no, 1B B's 8-man. 2B is, is kind of like 30-man rosters. If two players yeah, hurt, yeah, everybody yeah. goes both ways, basically. So, uh, 10 a.m., and uh, apparently teams aren't really bothered by that. Uh, Royal City had the longest winning streak in the country at 53. yeah. Down with what, what, Royal City. Yeah, but... but Down but, with Royal City. Before you get too, uh, too uh, happy about that, they lost to uh, Colville, which is a mining town uh, north of Spokane. It's like an Indian reservation. I'll and take
2: Spokane cool. over central Washington.
0: <laughs> <What>? Just <laughs> just
2: just because of your love affair with yeah, them. Yeah,
0: just, just not a Yakima guy, huh? Just, not, not about Wenatchee, Moses Lake... Uh, the the semifinal games were actually actually where Moses like that's where Royals saw their season end, a thirty one twenty eight loss at the three A level. Uh, Eastside Catholic beat Bellevue in the semifinals. Uh, it was like forty one to three, so they're gonna play in a state championship. They're like against, the new Bellevue now. They, they like were Belle, they were they were Bellevue light for many years because Bellevue would always win a state championship, and nobody remembers who loses those games. But, but they, beat East East Catholic. Catholic yeah, always, they beat yeah, Eastside Catholic. They beat Eastside Catholic like five times in a row and their opponent is O'Day. And that's so the 3A level is the only bracket that the 1 and 2 seeds actually advanced all the way through. I mean at the 4A level, uh, the the Union held up their end of the bargain. You know, they 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 lived up to the hype, the 1 seed. Uh, they fought hard, so they beat Pew out 35-28 to advance to the state championship. Hey, um Jackson, have to- you played at McKenzie Stadium in Vancouver? This is hilarious. No. It's no. a it's a baseball field converted. To a Ooh. football field. Oh, so it's like so it's like
2: Coliseum. In, yeah, <laughs> well, well,
0: it's. It, I don't know if Coliseum. Are you applying that it's indoors because it is an outdoor stadium? No, I'm
2: applying that, uh, like, the Col- that it, like the, the Coliseum, OCO does Coliseum, Odac, yeah, Odaco. Yeah. O- yeah, in in Oakland.
0: Oh, right. The One
2: where the Athletics and and the Raiders play.
0: Yeah. So yeah, there is that kind of funky like. That's where home plate was. Like there is an obvious. I mean, you're, do, the, the, do you are is, the is, is
2: it a dirt infield though? That is the question.
0: Uh, I think it's uh,
2: or is it a turf I infield? Think it's
0: like it's not turf. It's like that track material, but there's no track around the field.
2: Yeah. Oh, so oh, what? What? It's yeah. like oh, so it's like that rubber, like
0: yeah, it's like a rubbery con. con oh yeah.
2: Geez, they gotta get tack- Oh, that that must be terrible.
0: <laughs> well, it's far enough away from the field. Like there, there's still oh, so oh, 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 they don't oh. actually have to run through the okay. Well, I mean, yeah, okay, the, the, well, the problem. Well, here, okay, here's why I bring up McKenzie Stadium. So uh, the locker rooms are meant for baseball teams, not for 200 man roster plus 20 coaches, football teams. So you got players like changing in the showers. Like, there's this, I mean, these are tiny little locker rooms that are meant for like 10 man baseball teams, you know? And so it wasn't the right place to host a neutral site, which, by the way, not even neutral site. Union plays there all the time because it's in Vancouver. Just like uh, Waterville plays at Popkini, and they were hosting, "quote unquote" hosting. I mean, it was supposed to be a neutral site, but they hosted Lake Stevens at Popkini. Great setting, um, I, Jackson. I don't know if you've been to Popkini recently, but they're doing construction uh, behind. Yeah, the Yeah, no, scoreboard. I actually have. Recently,
2: I'll yeah. admit, I, I've been to I've been to McMinimans more prior than I've been to Popkini, the the bar right right next to it. <laughs> but from what I've heard, and what I've heard, and this will be absolutely legendary if it if it is the case that. Like in what would it be? Oh goodness, that so I guess maybe the, the south end zone, there's gonna be like a like kind of like a patio from one of the buildings that they're building, and it's gonna be like a bar, so you can go to this bar, drink your drink, and watch high school football at it's, the same time.
0: Where is the where's the bar being constructed again? Is you're saying it overlooks the field?
2: Yeah, so like it's gonna be like you're gonna be like essentially like above the scoreboard.
0: Cause there, uh, the construction going on behind it. Which, by the way, having the crane back there with the construction, it literally feels like you're in like a, a big city. Like, I mean, it, it, it yeah. really adds to like the 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 magnitude of the stadium. Because I I assumed that those were apartment complexes being built behind the stadium. Well, yeah, they are.
2: So it's like it's kind of like the same deal that's being built all everywhere else around Bothell where it's like you know the first couple floors are like restaurants and like you know yeah, breweries right. stuff like that, and then like the above upper. it are are gotcha. apartments. Yeah, but I heard. And this is this is I mean this is still a rumor as far as I know that there would be this bar that overlooks Popkini like and if it is roof. true if it is true I will attend a whole lot more high school yeah. football games when I am done at WSU.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's it's the it's a perfect combination because you know you can't that serve, sounds you can't awesome. Serve, you can't serve alcohol in uh, in a in a football. Yeah, a you can't even serve stadium. alcohol at a
2: college football game.
0: <laughs> most yeah most time yeah. Well, back to the state championship um the ticket prices are something that i am not uh, too happy about so they're charging 18 bucks for all the passes and that's not gonna affect me because I, I i get in for free but i mean i'm I'm sitting there like as I, I, I put this on twitter if you're a family of four you know it's okay 13 bucks for one game right so 13 that'd be 52 bucks for a family of four plus grandparents uh that'd be like another 26 so they get 80 bucks for tickets plus parking that's another 10 bucks you're gonna buy some sodas I mean, Jackson, don't you think it's wrong to charge $100 uh, for a family to go see their go see their kid play in a high school football game?
2: Uh, no, and and here's why. Because, A, this is the biggest high school football game. The, the state playoffs are one that everyone will actually pay. They say, mm-hmm. you know what? I'll pay. Like, it's fine. I want to see this game. And the WIA needs revenue. They need it. They need it to do the things that they want to do, like have a committee that selects, you know, they yeah. don't pay
0: those guys. It just you they think don't they, pay them. Yeah, I, I,
2: that's for free.
0: It's one. It's a two-hour job. Yeah, they it's, should get paid something. They sit in a meeting for two hours. Well, and all, I mean, just yeah. like
2: you have to think about like, everything else. Just like, so they can enforce basis. their rules that they place on, on on teams. And I don't. That would be very surprising if that was on a volunteer basis. Wait. I mean, okay, maybe maybe the the uh, like. What, what was I going to say? The um the committee the the selection committee for the playoff or the playoff bracket. May, okay, maybe that is volunteer. It's just you know it's a couple days. You know I'm sure they enjoy doing it, but I mean there's other jobs that WIA have to maintain, and you got to pay the bills somehow. Like and, and there's no better revenue source than then the charge. state playoffs.
0: <laughs> Char- I, I
2: don't I don't have a problem with it. I think Char- I think getting an entire family in. For about a hundred bucks, is like, all right, you know, what you know, what are you not going to go see your uh, your, kid well, state, state you yeah. see your kid play in the state state playoffs?
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah. Hey, like, everyone's ta- in this world. Everyone's taking our money. <laughs> everyone's taking our money. Why should the WIA not be allowed to take our money I don't too? Know,
0: it's a, it's a, a organization catering to kids, so they shouldn't be so so uh, money, uh, uh, money. But they have to re- make some, like they hey, have to profit and stuff. Yeah, they have to. For, I don't yeah, know if they it's have profit, they so. have to make money. They have
1: to. They have to. Make
0: enough, make as much as they spend. They should. I mean, the, put the put NCAA is a nonprofit. Around, they should put the advertising around the stadium. Put more banners up, Put more dairy farmers of Washington. And. <laughs> so if you're a
1: nonprofit like the NCAA, Do you just have like a enormous pension like yeah. plan for all the people that are working there? Because like, what do you do with the billions yeah, so that's, of that's yo
2: no, I and mean, that's basically how it works. Is you so you don't have to pay taxes because you're a nonprofit, and every every all the higher ups. They have a salary that they yeah. make. They're working for a nonprofit. But and then just like the, the company comp- as itself doesn't stuff. have to pay all the taxes that any normal, you know, institution would. So therefore they make tons of money.
0: So we got state championships coming up, Eastern yeah. in the playoffs, Pac twelve championship game, UWS Utah. we talked gonna talk about that all next Tuesday. Yeah.
2: Well, I well, have well, I have one more thing, and I'm I'm curious to know. So, Micah, I mean, you've been you've been on the high school beat now for. Mm. Would you say this is your first full season, or would you say your second full season?
0: Um, I would consider this my first full season. Yeah.
2: First full season. Yeah. So, when you show up to these games, is there a celebrity persona yet? Like, are people like, oh, Micah Chen's here. He might he might write something about me. So I gotta I gotta out, I gotta play better or definitely you know kind of the same vibe that you get if like if you know like. Ryland or Scott Eklund walk oh, in yeah. and well, like
0: I I definitely have more of a cult following than those guys but I'm the voice, <laughs> I, I consider myself the voice of Eastside football and uh, and when you so when you're walking on the field doing a pregame interview with the coaches uh, fans students whatever you know they, they definitely take notice and, uh, and it's, it's honestly, it's more online. I would say it's more on social media that, um, you know, you, you definitely get, uh, people saying like, Hey, why don't you cover my team? Uh, this player is breaking out right now. So I, I, w- I would say that the way kind of described it is uh, pretty much spot on. You know, I, I, for the most part, I'm in the booth, I'm broadcasting the games, but post-game interviews for sure. Yeah, definitely. It's always fun to talking to those guys. And, and, uh, and I'm not, I'm not like a guy like Ryland or, or Scott or those guys, I'm not saying they're <laughs> old, but I'm, I'm, you know, 21 years old. So uh, it's it's that de- it's definitely, more relatable. Uh, I, I think I think uh, I blend in a little bit more. I'm I'm, I'm more. I, I, it's it's like for example, like if Luke were to to interview uh, John uh, Jake Br- Jake Browning, it'd it probably Jake Browning would probably talk a little different than if you were talking to uh, uh, Kim Grinnell or something like that. You know? Uh Yeah, it's, it's, yeah a s- that's a fair point. Yeah, you know, like just the, the more of a peer aspect to it. You know? Yeah. It, it, it's 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 I think it's more enjoyable for the kids. Uh, yeah. You know, when, when 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 I'm interviewing them as opposed to. Uh, just the Yakima Herald guy or something like that. I think I think I offer a different. A, I, I think I offer something different than most of the sports reporters in the state at the high school level. So uh, so I yeah, I, I would agree with that, Jackson. I think you're a star. To put it, Absolutely. you are a star
2: amongst the Central and Eastern Washington <laughs> high school scene, and it will only be one day until you are a star amongst the Western Washington folk as well.
0: Yeah, I don't know what the next step is for me. I'm probably gonna do this for a little bit though. This is kind of this kind of my my gig right now. Uh, yeah, you, you guys got the UW and WSU down, right? So I, I uh, I'll, long, also I'll be, long live Washington football crunch. Uh, I will. Uh, I'll be doing more central football this offseason as well because I, I, there's not enough central football coverage out there. So I, I'm going to try and do like a 24 seven style reporting, like the latest recruits, and uh, kind of talking about uh, potentially moving up to the big sky. There's going to be more stadium renovations coming up. And Eastern Washington also has a twenty four seven. That's I'm not going to contribute to that, but the the concept is everybody has one except for Central, and if there's somebody that's going to do it for Central, why not like us? A, a, a beat, yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about it, uh, and, and there'll be articles as well talking about it. Not twenty four seven, of course, but just the idea of like having more off season coverage. So yeah, that's what cool, sh- cool, that's cool. what we got going on the show right now. We're gonna have some more guests on uh, during this uh, month of December because uh, a lot of people are back in town, so, and we'll be back in town as well, so we'll have to do some interviews uh, before the uh, nearest six games come up for uh, UW and WSU. Mm-hmm. But that does it for this week in Washington football. For myself, Luke, and Jackson, we are signing off. Thanks for listening, everyone.